preserve me into his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Onesus. Uh, Eteris abode at Corinth, but Triumphimus have I left at Miltum sick. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Elbulgus greeteth thee, and Pertus, and Linus, and Claudia, and all the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. Now, as I stated a little bit earlier, this is written more for ministers of the gospel or pastors. But how many of you consider yourselves to be pastors? Oh, you don't have to be proud. I mean, it's okay. Hopefully, every one of you is spreading the gospel to people you meet. And then keeping in mind that Timothy coming to the end of his life, he's in prison at this time and he thinks that it's just about over. If you had something to say, what would you say if your life was just about over? Not going to totally focus on that this morning, but just keep that thought in the back of your mind. None of us know whether today is our last day. And if you knew it was, would you do anything different? So again, back to how to end well. I know it's been said, if you shoot at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So if you, your desire is to end your life well, how do you do that? How do you begin? You have to plan. Um, I'm in farming somewhat, so that seems the most familiar thing to me. But there's certain things you have to do if you plan to end well. Uh, when it comes to planting, if it's rain for two days and the sun shining beautifully, should you go plant corn? It's a beautiful day. Maybe not. If it's still really muddy, you go out there and you mud it in the ground and your, your whole harvest is going to be affected by the mistakes you made that day. We're in the season of mowing hay right now and, you know, if the weather sounds great today and tomorrow, but it's going to rain the next day, would you mow hay? I mean, if you want it to dry. Probably not, unless you're going to chance the weatherman, which he's wrong a lot too, but if you knew it was going to rain, it'd be foolish. So in your life today, I believe there are things that you have to keep in mind and that we have to do if we plan to finish our race well. And there is many, many, many different points that I could take out of this chapter and other parts of the Bible. But I've picked out four points that I'm going to look at that hopefully somehow each one of us can look at and, and decide. I'd like to start... With the first verse that I read as my first point, and it says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his, and his kingdom. Um, should that make a difference the way you live your life? I'd like to think about it. Think, why do you live the way you do? Why do you do the things that you do? like to take you all back on a small trip. When you were a child, from zero to, I don't know, how old? 12, 13, 14? Who made your choices? 
Mom and dad. Why? They knew best, okay? That's, that's what you always thought? <laughs> it's not always our thinking, but I'm glad that we can mature and get to that point. So, eventually, you grew up, and you turned 16. Now you can get a driver's license, if you're lucky, and your parents allow this. Now what can you do? world's pretty big all of a sudden. You can get a car and you can do anything you want to do, right? No? How fast are you going to drive? Fast as you can handle, right? At 16, that's maybe 40, 30? Maybe not. But what keeps you from doing whatever you want to do? Is there something in the back of your mind that keeps you from getting into a vehicle and going 150 if you have a vehicle going to do it? What keeps you from doing that? It's not your mom and dad anymore because they're not with you today. You are by yourself. I'd like you just to think about this just for a moment because I think this might be big. What keeps you from doing that? What keeps you from stealing something? There's something that keeps you from doing that. We'll go a little bit further. You turn 18, now you're old enough to do a lot more things. You could vote if you wanted to. You can kind of get on your own. Then you turn 21 and you can literally go anywhere you want to, I think. 21, I don't know if there's any place you cannot go into. You can go out of country, out of state. You can do anything you want to. What keeps you from doing just anything? Anybody got a quick answer? Consequences. Conscience? Consequences. Consequences. Yeah, but nobody's ever going to know about it. If you're by yourself, you can do whatever you want. The what? Fear? Fear of what? Okay, you've been instilled in there, but what, I mean, that's a choice, though, it's still a choice. What keeps you from doing whatever you want to? Just think about that, because there is something. Verse 1, I'm going to read it again. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus, who shall judge the quick and the dead. Does anything in the fact that you may be judged later for what you did keep you from doing anything? I believe it should, and it does. It sets boundaries. Um, young people and all of us today that are present, the Lord Jesus will judge every single one of us for everything you did in your life. The good, the bad, the kind, the evil. If you don't want to show up on Judgment Day and have to go, ooh, ooh, you're going to have to plan today. You have to plan ahead to the point where your life is going to be different based on knowing that judgment will happen. 
Remember, there is a judgment coming. Sometimes it's easy to forget about God and, oh, I'm young, I'll do whatever I want. But all those seeds we sow, whether we're young or whether we're old, we will give an answer for to God. But he is a righteous judge, so we don't need to fear that. But I believe it should help us want to finish well, thinking about that. Going to move on to the next point. The second one I have is in verse 3 and 4. For, there, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall, heap to them, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. How many of you here today like doing something wrong? Nobody. That's good. Do you enjoy hearing about things that you do wrong? I don't. I like to hear only good things. So we all sort of have itching ears. We want to hear good things about us and not bad things. Um, the second point is always searching for the truth. There's a lot of, lot of different theology. There's a lot of different religions. There's a lot of different things in life that can distract you from the truth. One small truth that I just want to bring out today is Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Is that true? We're being told today that it's not necessarily true. There's, there's a lot of people today that say that there is many ways to heaven. God is simply one way or a way. Buddha, Muhammad, and Allah are all. Now, Allah is, a, is the Muslim's name for God. And they would say, that's the, I, looked, I actually looked this up, and they said it's the same God as the Christians serve. There's people that would say that. But the problem was, in the one place I looked to give a reference, and Allah had no son, and Jesus isn't part of the equation. So it can't be true. Do we test what we hear? How do you test what you hear? Do you use it in a common sense approach? Is that all you do? Jesus was not just another man. He was the Son of God. Jesus said in John 8, 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The Bible is that truth. Read it. It actually has all the answers. If you have a question in your life and you're not sure where you should be, the Bible does have the answers. And I used to, as a child, used to think, yeah, but not everything. The older I get, the more I see everything is attached to the Bible. The problem is so many times I don't want to look. I would rather ask my pastor. I would rather ask my friend. Maybe we'd even rather ask our mom and dad, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. But if you are going to know the truth yourself and have it written on your heart, you need to find it. And I've been challenged by, I've heard this a few times now, where a, a person comes to a pastor and asks them a question. And all the pastor said is, go find it. And the person becomes quite frustrated because he can just tell me where it is. 
But I believe there's a value in finding truth to yourself. If you go based off of what somebody else said, you're taking somebody else's word again. Well, the Bible says it somewhere. It probably shouldn't be good enough. Look it up. Find the truth, because the truth will set you free, and the truth will help you end well. The third point I have is in, it comes in verse 7. And I don't know if I'm taking this out of context totally or not, but I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I have fought a good fight. How many of you feel like your life today is a fight? A couple. Wow. I need to talk to the rest of you. How are you living? Because to me, it does feel like life is a fight. It is a real struggle. Satan is a real being. In our Sunday school class, we talked about him, you know, the possessed man and the swan. Sometimes I think we get the idea, well, that was back then. Nothing like that ever happens today. This is an easy road. God, I mean, God has got everything under control, and I have, I have easy life. I'm not saying it has to be hard. I'm just saying that if you are truly, truly serving God with all your heart, with all your mind and all your soul, it will be a fight. Paul himself called it a fight. I hope all of you are in the fight. If you're not a threat to Satan, he may leave you alone. But that's not a good place to be. Because if you're not a threat to him, you're on his side. This is a daily fight. And as we fight, don't forget verse 8. I think this is really important. Henceforth there is laid up a crown for me, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. There's been a lot of wars fought in this country. There's been a lot of people that have laid down their life for things. I wonder how many of them would have done it if there wouldn't have been a small goal in the end. Do you have something worth fighting for today in your life? Is God a big enough part of your life that it's worth fighting for? It can be a sobering thought. But I believe he better be. To stand up can be a fight. And we're going to get to that here in just a bit. But the other part I'd like to, to look at where it talks about in the end of verse 8, also those that love his appearing. And I know I've said this before. I mean, as a child, I remember you know, older people saying, oh, if God would just come back. It, oh, I'm so ready. And I'm thinking, wow, there's a great life to live yet. Why would you think that? Maybe I'm just getting old. But we should be looking forward to his coming. Is your life, we look around in the country today and in our life, and just the mess, and it seems like the easy way out would be come Lord Jesus, come quickly. And I don't know if that's trying to avoid the fight, but as long as we're alive, I believe we'll be in this fight. But that's also something about being ready for his appearing. Are you really ready for his appearing? Or would you say, hang on, don't come today because... I want to do this and this and this yet. Or I'm not really ready to really give my life completely to him. 
There's still a few things I want to do that are questionable. We can all come to church on Sunday and we can sit here and everything can be fine. But what about your life during the week? Are you still praising God? Are you still making an effort to live a life that is godly? Are you really ready for his appearing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the rest of the week? We need to fight to live a clean and holy life that is always ready for his coming, return. You will end well if you are constantly waiting or ready for his return. The fourth point I'd like to make this morning is in verse 16. Possibly 17 also. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I prayed God that it may not be laid to their charge. How many of you have ever had to stand all by yourself for God? Probably not. But in this fight and in this battle that we're in, we may be asked to. All your friends may be allowed to do it. I grew up with uh, older parents, and, and it, it used to be a real struggle in my house because my peers or my friends' parents were a lot younger. And believe it, things changed by the generations. There is a different outlook in life. And they, my friends were always allowed to do a lot of things that I was never allowed to do. And it was hard. And we're not even talking about life and death spiritual things, just the simple things in life. But sometimes I look at us at our Christian church and it reminds me of the cows out in the field. I could be almost anywhere on the farm and I could tell you if there is one cow out somewhere. Because everybody lets, they beller. And they just, you know something's wrong. One cow is on that side of the fence and it bothers everybody so bad that they just, they're complaining and they're whining about it. And then they start bellering and it's, it's loud. Be amazed how many times, why are them cows? Better go check. Yep, one got out. I think sometimes we as Christians, I wonder what it must look like. Well, so-and-so does that. So that makes it okay. The preacher does it. That never makes anything right. You may have to be the only person that stands for the truth. I know we don't like to think about that. But that's a stark reality. The Bible talks about wide is the highway that leads to destruction. But narrow the gate that leads to eternal life. And I don't like the next part. It says, and few there be that find it. Few. Are you looking for the truth? Are you standing for the truth? Even if you're alone. I don't know why it's so hard to be different. But I'd like to bring you to verse 17. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. And strengthen me. You know, we will never stand on our own. We make the first step and then God gives us the strength to do it. One of my favorite books, and I always come back to Daniel, is 
he had to stand alone. Shadrach, Meshach, and stand it alone. But none of them saved themselves. Daniel never shut the lion's mouths. Shadrach, Meshach, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego never controlled the fire. God saved them. Same way today, we can't save ourselves from anything. That's God's job. But if you and I are not faithful, we're not giving God the opportunity to save us. How many things do we miss out on life? How many faith builders? How many miracles do we not witness because we do not stand up and let God save us? Now, I'm not saying to be ridiculous. I remember there was this hearing the story about somebody that was testing God and, you know, he was running across Highway 1 in a vehicle and he just said, God's going to save me and he just whew, never looked. That seems a little bit foolish. I'm not talking about that kind of, well, just to see God work, I'm going to do this. But when you're in a tight situation like Daniel and Shadrach and all those, and it doesn't have to be a big thing. But when you choose to stand up, God does all the work, not us. So if you think you couldn't stand, you're right. You couldn't. But if you let God do the saving, you can stand through the fire, you can stand through the lion's den, you can do it all, only with God. So to wrap this all up, how do you end well? I'm going to paraphrase it just real quickly. You're going to have to think ahead. Someday you will be judged. That should make a difference in the decisions that you do today. What you do for God and what you choose to do with your life, good and evil, choose God. You've got to find the truth. We all have the answers. You can't blame it on the church. Well, they never told me this or I never knew this. We live in 2021 where there is copies of God's word everywhere. And every version and what between, if you don't understand it, you can. You can. Then you have to fight the good fight. And yes, you will have to fight. All nature has to fight to live. Did you ever notice that? It, it, it's interesting if you really stop and look at the ecosystem that we live in. Nature itself, all the animals and whatever out there, are all fighting to live. Now, we're not fighting to live physically, but to live spiritually, I believe we have to fight. We have to fight evil to live a godly life. And you might have to do it alone. But don't forget, the Lord is always standing with you, He does the delivering from evil. You just have to stand up and let God work. God bless you all real good. Thank you.